Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to. Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. Every day on our Crack Rackets shows, you hear me thank our Patreon family, without whom we wouldn't be able to do the things we do here at Crack Rackets, cover the various levels of the tennis world with the depth and the persistence that we believe they all deserve. And one of the things we do to show our appreciation to our Patreon family is record bonus content for their ears only. One of the segments we have for them is our Crack Rackets match of the day. Every Monday and Friday, I record a segment talking about the match I am watching most closely at any given level of the tennis world, and that's something we're going to be doing daily during the 2021 Wimbledon on top of our mini break podcast, on top of the GSP Ace of the Day. I'm going to be breaking down a match, talking about each player's recent results, breaking down my keys to the match, offering a prediction as well every day for our Patreon family. And perhaps that's something you listeners would be interested in, or maybe you are wondering how you can support us here at Crack Brackets beyond just listening to the podcast each and every day. And again, we are so grateful to all of you that do so. But what we wanted to do for all of you listeners today is run one of those match of the day segments, perhaps entice you to get signed up so that you can hear some bonus coverage of the 2021 Wimbledon. On today's match of the day segment, I talk about tomorrow's Mallorca quarterfinal taking place between Daniil Medvedev and Kasper Ruud. I talk about each player's recent results, both on grass courts and non-grass courts as well. I talk about the keys to the match. Again, I offer my thoughts on how I see the match going. Uh, it's a segment I think a lot of you Crack Rackets fans will enjoy. And again, it's a segment that's normally for just our Patreon subscribers only. And a huge thank you to all of them for their continued support. Sorry for spoiling our party. And I suppose broadening the horizon, uh, offering one of these to the, the broader listeners as well. But we're just hoping to expand our family. So hopefully some of you will be enticed by this. If you'd like to sign up for our Crack Rackets Patreon, uh, you can go find it on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, quickly before we get into it, a huge shout out to our friends at Turna Tennis. Contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707 to become a member of the Turna family. You mentioned Crack Rackets sent you the hook you up with college pricing. They'll hook you up with free samples. Remember, sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. But with that in mind, let's get to today's match of the day segment. Daniil Medvedev versus Kasper Ruud, a Mallorca quarterfinal. Westoff, roll it. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome. 
to our Cracked Rackets match of the day, a Patreon-only segment where I talk about the match I am watching most closely on any given day in the tennis world. It's a fascinating time to be a tennis fan. Wimbledon right around the corner. I've said this on a couple of podcasts, but sincerely, feels like just yesterday we watched Djokovic come back from two sets to love down against Tsitsipas. Feels like just yesterday, Barbara Krechikova seemingly came out of nowhere to capture her first Grand Slam. Of course, if you listen to our coverage of that event, you know the seemingly had to be added because Krechikova's breadcrumbs to that Grand Slam title were littered all over the 2021 WT calendar. But of course, now we enter the grass court season and we didn't have a grass court season in 2020. That 2019 grass court season feels like a lifetime ago. All of us are so much more familiar with the words quarantine, vaccination, masks, and PPE, all of that fun stuff that's unfolded over the past 18 months. So again, what to expect heading into this 2020 Wimbledon? Your guess is as good as mine. And so watching these warm-up events, over these past few weeks. It feels like a must-see viewing if you are a tennis fan, certainly if you try to cover the sport, trying to gain any p- pieces of information, any tidbits uh, that could be found over any, you know, again, to use this term, breadcrumbs that could be found over these past few weeks. feels like that was a critical endeavor for all of us. And look, even five days out from the 2021 Wimbledon starting, we have some fascinating matches unfolding across the tennis world, in particular on today's Match of the Day segment. I want to talk about an ATP quarterfinal happening in Majorca. Now, if you are one of our Patreon subscribers, you know I recorded a prior Match of the Day segment on Angelique Kerber versus Amanda Nisimova because I think those are two players just to keep your eyes on as we see what the Wimbledon draws look like. But, you know, in Majorca, I'm going to be talking about two players that I think all of us are well aware of. Certainly their success over these past 52 weeks for one of them over these past three seasons. They've solidified their spots as contenders, not only to make second weeks at Grand Slams, but certainly to be competing for big titles as well. Of course, the players I'm talking about are Daniil Medvedev and Kasper Ruud, who are scheduled to play on Thursday in Majorca in the quarterfinal round. I want to start today's Match of the Day segment, and you know, in case this is your first Match of the Day segment you are listening to, I'm going to run through both of these players' recent results. I'm going to talk about their grass court numbers, talk about the keys to the match, then end this segment with a prediction. Of course, as always, a huge thank you to all of you Patreon subscribers. It allows us to do all the things we do here at Crack Rackets, knowing we have a group of people who will support us through each and every endeavor. So sincerely, thank you to all of you for your support. And a reminder, we're going to be doing these every day throughout Wimbledon. It's our way of saying thank you. So much great tennis. So many things for us to discuss. I'm always looking for another platform to talk tennis. So these match of the day segments going to be one of them that I do so. But again, let's get into Thursday's match of the day. Daniil Medvedev versus Kasper Ruud Mallorca quarterfinal. We'll start with Daniil Medvedev. I don't think I need to make the case for Daniil Medvedev being a top five player in the world anymore. And currently he's ranked number two in the ATP rankings. Now, of course, you turn to my friends at Tennis Abstract who have their ELO ratings, which measure who you play and how you do against them, not when and where you play them. Uh, Daniil Medvedev currently fourth in overall ELO. He trails Djokovic, Nadal, and 
Tsitsipas right above, Zverev, Rublev, and Berrettini. You look for him in terms of grass court specific ELO. Again, it's a really small sample size for Daniil Medvedev, who has still only played 32 career matches on grass courts. And by the way, that's a lot higher than a lot of these other next-gen guys we see in the mix right now. But still, only 32 grass court matches, not a big sample size to go off of as such. He's currently outside the top 20 in grass court ELO rating, currently sitting at number 29 in the grass court ELO ratings. You look for him 2021 overall ELO, which again, just measures your results here this season. He's currently number 10 at 23-7 and seven overall in his record. By the way, that trails Casper Ruud, who's 7th in 2021 ELO rating, whose grass court sample size is too small for him to be inside the top 50. And an overall ELO has risen all the way to number 11, and that feels about right for Casper Ruud, but we'll get back to him momentarily. Let's focus on Daniil Medvedev, 43-13. and 13 in his last 52 weeks. That's freaking nuts. Of course, at the Grand Slams, that includes a semifinal at the U.S. Open, a final at the Australian Open, and then we can throw out last year's first round loss to Fucevic at the French Open because this year he bounces back to make the quarterfinal round, knocking off a pretty impressive slate of players in Bublik, Tommy Paul, Riley Opelka, and Christian Garin before getting knocked off by Tsitsipas in straight sets. Now, it was an interesting start to his grass court season. Certainly, it was a quick transition from him going from that second week of the French Open right into the grass court swing. He lost his first round match to Jan Leonard Struff in Halle, 7-6-6-3. He had a bunch of chances in that match, but just, you know, Struff plays big. And of course, the better the opponent, the better Struff seems to play. His big hitting just, it befuddled Medvedev, who clearly was not yet comfortable on the surface, but he looked significantly better in his first round win in Majorca over Quarantine Mute, went down in early break, but found his rhythm in that first set, ends up earning a 4-2 and two victory, you know, made 71% of his first serves, won 81% of those first serve points, saved four of his five break points on the day, and I mean, only won 41% of his second serve points, but that didn't matter as much considering he was winning 65% of his second serve points, converted four of his break, eight, eight break point chances, and just Mute didn't have a weapon to hurt Medvedev with and what was so interesting and Djokovician, if I may add, was Medvedev's ability to play baseline tennis in a grass court match to get into his patterns, to neutralize everything, to use his length and his speed and his movement to make the match physical. And then, of course, he can do all of those things. Plus, he's got John Isner's serve, according to the numbers. And again, when you start to look at the numbers for Daniil Medvedev, it's a small sample size on grass court, but grass courts, but I think we're going to see the overall trends carry over. And you look for him 19 and 13 in his career in grass court matches. He's made 61% of his first serves, which is the number right around where he's at for his last 52 weeks. He's won 75.3% of his first serve points on grass. Worth noting, he's at 79% over his last 52 weeks. 52% of his second serve points, he holds 84% of the time. That's 3% lower than the 87% number he's been at over the last 52 weeks. His break percentage is the notable dip. He's broken 28.8% of the time, which is a top 15 number over these last 52 weeks. For his career on grass courts, 22.1%. Although I do think Daniil Medvedev has become an even better returner and a more confident returner 
since he played his last full grass court season in 2019. And of course, you look for him. Wimbledon's a place he's had a lot of success breakthroughs in particular at in his career. Of course, the big one came in 2017, for those of you that can remember, and that was early podcast days. I think our first Cracked Rackets podcast came after that Wimbledon win. I mean, I'll always remember it because Marin Cilic ended up crying, and that's not to make fun of him. Of course, that happens in the course of a match, but that's why I'll always remember that is because we podcasted immediately after that happened. Anyways, that was the same Wimbledon that Medvedev knocked off Stan Wawrinka in that first round of number five seeded uh, Wawrinka at the time in four sets. He then loses a five-set match to Ruben Bemelmans. 2018, he makes the third round, beats George. First round loses five sets to Manorino. 2019, loses five sets. Third round to number 21 seeded David Goffin. He only plays long matches at Wimbledon. It's because he's got the first serve to win quick points on his serve, and that serve is amplified on these grass courts. And again, given the trends we've seen from Daniil Medvedev, you look at his numbers this season, career highs for him in first serve points one, in second serve points one, in serve points in general one, in return points one. He's just playing the best tennis of his life, gets better and better, and that prior, you know, his prior level had success at Wimbledon. You imagine his current level will as well. Again, his ability to put that return wherever he wants it, to focus on depth and placement as well, it just neutralizes opponent's opportunity to play first strike tennis. And again, Mute was sort of the perfect uh, opponent for him to find his rhythm against. But now he gets a similar type of opponent in that it's not a guy who's going to blitz first serves at him and play this overwhelming plus one power tennis, but a guy who is going to make matches physical and is going to ask questions of Medvedev and put his game and his decisiveness, his aggression, his ability to finish points to the test in Kaspar Ruud, who's had a really interesting week in, uh, in Majorca thus far, and you look for Kasparud, who's 35 and 15 overall on the season. He's earned wins over Jill Simone and Tennis Sandgren in straight sets. Those are both grinders as well, guys who aren't going to blitz you with power. And what's been so fascinating watching Rude, and I talked about this a little bit on the mini break on Wednesday, is seeing Kasparud slice his backhand as frequently as he had these past uh, few weeks. And I apologize, you guys can hear, I think, the lawn mowing going on in the background. We power through it anyways. Uh, you look for Casper Rude, it's interesting because I think he's using that slice backhand for a couple of reasons. A, it's a grass court. The bounces are miserable. That's obviously why you'll incorporate the slice a little bit more than you would on other surfaces. But B, I think it's because it buys him time to run around and hit that forehand. And look, it's a little bit harder to do on grass courts. You need a little bit of extra time because movement is that much more difficult. But when he's able to whip around and hit that inside-in forehand to the open spacer, just the weight of his ball when he hits a heavy inside-out forehand as well. And then I think his comfort level swinging through that backhand, ripping it short-angle cross-court or with depth cross-court, He's just a a really well-rounded player. He's comfortable moving forward. He's efficient playing first strike, going after first forehands and following them forward, incorporating the drop shot. He can do a lot of things. And does he have that big, overwhelming weapon on a grass court to just rip through and, you know, easy Milos Raonic-type power? No, it's not quite that. But it is very efficient. And again, you look at his matches thus far, made 76% of his first serves against both Simone and Sandgren, won over 80% of his first serve points in both of that those matches, was only broken once between the two sets, and you look from him, 
from a returning standpoint, had a lot of success on his second serve returns. Casper Ruud's been so good of late, and you look at the numbers for him on grass courts, again, it's such a small sample size when you look for Casper Ruud right now. In his career, he had played one match on grass entering this season. It was 2019 Wimbledon. It was a first-round match against John Isner. Imagine your first professional grass court matches against John Isner. You'd be like, man, this. Like, that sucks. But that was his first experience, and obviously his next two experiences are two wins for him over uh, Sandgren and Simone. Talk about varying opponents, but now he gets a little bit of a blend in Daniil Medvedev. And again, it, to look at his service stats, his return stats, any of that in terms of grass court versus other surfaces is disingenuous right now because there's just not a big enough sample size. But I mentioned the numbers for Casper Ruud. He's the recipe of a top 15 borderline top 10 player, and I think his ranking reflects that fact now. He's currently at number 14. That's a new career high. You look for him ELO rating. I mentioned he's number 11 overall, number 7 in 2021 ELO. He's not a member of that prestigious top 15 club, and I've said it before, but in case you've never heard of that club, uh, that top 15 club, if you are a top 15 player on Tennis Abstract Stats leaderboard in both hold percentage, how frequently you're holding serve and break percentage, how frequently you're breaking serve, more likely than not, you're a top 10, if not top 5 player in the world. You're someone who's making slam finals and, you know, winning the 500 titles, masters events, and making, you know, again, I shouldn't say slam finals, but slam quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, deep runs at those events. You talk about the members of those group of that group right now. It's Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Daniil Medvedev, Alex Virev and Andre Rublev. That's your top 15 club right now. Those have been the five guys that have mattered, and it's crazy to think Aslan Karatsev has... Oh, and Aslan Karatsev, who's, by the way, the GOAT right now, as we all know, and that's, I suppose, the one exception to the rule, but you look for Kasper Ruud. He's part of a slightly less exclusive group, the top 25 club, which has 10 members, but again, you look at those 10 members, uh, which would... Or, excuse me, it has nine members. You add Tsitsipas to the mix. You add Ruud to the mix. And I believe you end up adding, and again, I apologize, uh, Matteo, or not Matteo Berrettini. No, okay, so there's eight total members, uh, which again, speaks to the fact he has been a borderline top eight player. Leave it all in, Westoff. I apologize. Uh, you look at right now, it's, you know, if you're a top 25 member, top 25 in both hold percentage and break percentage, that's what Casper Root is. He is top 15, number 14 in hold percentage. He's currently number 22 in break percentage. That's your recipe of being a top 10 player. When you're holding serve with ease and you're putting pressure in all of your opponent's return games, and that's what Casper Root can do. And again, it's very it's so interesting to see him play the backhand slice because he's got a good two-handed backhand and he can drive it with depth and he can create elevation over the net and he can hit it cross court hit it down the line do things comfortably but he can also hit the slice down the line and he incorporates the drop shot and Again, I think it's a pretty good facsimile of what a mortal Rafael Nadal and a righty version of Rafael Nadal looks like. And obviously, we saw Nadal's game end up being successful on grass courts. I think Rude's can be as well because just, again, physically, his ability to move on the court, his center of gravity, he presents tough challenges. And now, you know, again, you look at the keys to the match. I know it's a simple thing to say, but the biggest weapon on the court is Daniil Medvedev's serve. His ability to find free points with that serve plus one option opportunities, just all the things landing a big first serve deep into the body or into a corner allow you to do. 
he has the easiest pathways to hold in this match. And look, that second serve number is certainly concerning because Casper Ruud's going to do a lot more damage with his second serve return than Quarantine Mutain. If Ruud's able to run around that ball, hit a first forehand, as good as Medvedev is in the outer thirds of the court, as good as his ability to absorb and redirect is, it's really hard to sustain over the course of what will likely be at least two hours of physical tennis out there on these grass courts. But again, Rude likes to hit those big kick serves. Medvedev, six foot six, his length on that return off of both wings. He's going to put a lot of pressure on Kasparud. And Medvedev's ability to target or to both identify and target a weakness, it's what makes him so special. He is going to hit every ball to the ad side of the court. He is going to make Kasparud camp out in that corner if he wants to hit forehands. And then the moment he tries to hit a runaround forehand, Medvedev's hitting it to the deuce side of the court. The way we've seen him do to Andre Rublev time after time after time. Now, Rude's variety, which is, he has more variety than Andre Rublev. Obviously, Andre Rublev's got a little bit more pop, but Rude's ability to throw in combinations, short angle, and down the line backhand and play slice, that's a little bit different than the Rublev matchup, and that is going to throw Medvedev for a loop, and it will force Medvedev to be a bit more assertive, be a bit more aggressive, look to move forward as well. This is, again, to use it one of my favorite terms, a great litmus test match for Medvedev. If he wins this in straight sets, he belongs in the discussion of, well, if not Novak Djokovic, if he somehow loses, who else could it be? He would belong at the top of that count. He probably belongs there anyways, let's be honest. But, I mean, not probably. He does belong there anyways. But a win over Rude, a comfortable win, would make me feel confident about saying, well, if not... Djokovic, it's either Berrettini or Medvedev. And right now, the only guy I'm really confident saying, if not Djokovic, it's probably Berrettini. Like, he's the only one who I've seen a level from high enough that I think, okay, yeah, I think that could work over seven, the course of seven matches. I haven't quite seen Medvedev pushed well enough yet to reach that level. I think Rude's going to be able to push him. And again, Rude's ability to find forehands, to move the ball around the court, to take advantage of Medvedev if he starts to play tentative tennis. That makes this matchup fascinating. Rude is not going to beat himself, which is what Medvedev wants his opponents so desperately to do. That said, in terms of a prediction, I mean, betting markets lean heavily towards Medvedev right now. He's a minus 560 favorite. You look at the totals in this match in terms of the likelihood for it to go over two and a half sets, plus 195 odds at over two and a half, which means they expect Medvedev to win in straights. I do as well. He looked pretty good against Quarantine Mute, and again, it's been—I just want to see Medvedev uh, Rude pushed more by a little bit pace and, you know, face some pressure, and he really has been the one being able to dictate against both Sandgren and Rude, and I don't think Medvedev is going to allow him to get into his patterns as comfortably. I'm excited to see how Rude responds to that pressure. I'm excited to see if Medvedev's going to be aggressive, if he's going to be willing to assert himself. I'm going to take Medvedev 3-3. Three and three. But I think this is going to be a good one. I think this is going to be physical tennis. I think it could be 3-3 three and three and still at the two-hour mark. Actually, to hit that two-hour number, let's say 3-4. and four, Go with that. And ultimately, I'm expecting a very fun match in Majorca. But again, match of the day. Daniil Medvedev taking on Kasparu. That is a quarterfinal match in Majorca in terms of its place in the order of play on day six. That is actually going to be uh, your second match on the day. So that's 12 o'clock in Spain. We'll say it's tentatively nine-ish here on the east coast uh, of the United States. So again, 
for those people who've got things to do in the morning, you want us to throw some tennis out in the background, that will certainly be fun. One of many fun matches on the day that, of course, we will be recapping on our mini break podcast, so be on the lookout for that. A shout-out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff for the f*** of an any job he does day in, day out. But again, thank you to all of you Patreon supporters for your continued support. We be on the lookout for those daily matches of the day throughout Wimbledon. Uh, but with that in mind, match of the day, Medvedev versus Rude, Mallorca quarterfinal. We hope you all will enjoy, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.